0: So this morning we're going to continue uh, the, the study that we're calling Foundations and looking at basic truths about our faith. Uh, We've already looked in a couple weeks ago about the importance first off of faith decisions Most important thing that we're ever going to decide is what we believe about jesus christ Understanding that what he has done for us with the forgiveness of our sins and and the promise of eternal life The adoption into the family of god all of those things that he did that we don't change But then the opportunity that we have when we accept jesus christ To walk in our faith with him to be able to live more abundantly to do the good works that he has prepared in advance for us to do. Do and to love each other the way that god has loved us. That's what we talked about in that at first week And then we talked last week or two weeks ago about how god sees us And we went we went back to ephesians 2 10 and talked about the fact that god sees us and created us as his masterpiece creation uh, gave everything to us that we were the beneficiaries of of god's grace uh, and should we choose to participate and live in the manner in which he's called us to and to accept that grace gift and then live our lives with him perhaps the most fundamental tool that god has given to his creation to understand all things is this book it is the bible and if you've been around crossroad very long you know that we stand firmly on the word of god amen that this is our source of all that we believe in and all that we want to live by Um, but Uh, there are a lot of people out there in the world that do not think the way that you might think about the Bible and uh, so you know I'm sure that maybe at some point in time in your faith journey uh, as I have had someone comes up to you and says why should i believe the bible why why the bible why shouldn't you know it's just another book out there like the quran or the great writings of philosophers out uh, throughout the history of mankind so what is the bible why should i read the bible why should i believe in the bible how is the bible different than the writings of the great philosophers of the ancient days I want to talk about the Bible today and I'm going to talk pretty fast and furious Uh, I don't want you to try and take notes particularly I'd like you to listen to what uh, the world has discovered and said about God's word uh, even since the early writings I don't know if you realize it but the Bible has long been named the most popular book in the world it has been named the best-selling and most distributed book of all time Gideon's International has distributed over 2 billion, that's with a B, copies of the Bible and New Testaments since 1899, and the Guinness Book of World Records says that the Bible has been printed over 5 billion times. So the, the information that I want to share this morning comes from uh, some, a, a little of my own research, a little, but, but I'm going to plagiarize an awful lot of information this morning, if you want to call it that. I want to give credit to uh, the scholars of the past, apologetics by different authors, uh, John MacArthur, John Piper, Billy Graham, Answers in Genesis, gotquestions.org, the Internet, uh, the Wikipedia, the World Wide Web, all that stuff, right? But all of that is going to point to and confirm the veracity the truthfulness the authenticity of the word of God the, the, this is the opening from one of my sources the Bible is an extraordinary work of literature and it makes some astonishing claims it records the details of the creation of the universe the origin of life the moral law of God the history of man's rebellion against God and the historical details of God's work of redemption for all who trust in His Son. Moreover, the Bible claims to be God's revelation to mankind. If this is true, then it has implications for all aspects of human life. How should we live? Why do we exist? What happens when we die? What is our meaning and our purpose? But how do we know if the claims of the Bible are true again it makes claims about the creation of the universe the nature of the god who created the universe and reigns supremely over it it says and the fate of mankind if that's true then this bible is the most important book in the history of mankind if it's true then it holds the answers to life's biggest questions about from where do i come why am i here what happens to me when i die And there's a lot of religious texts out there that contain good morals and righteous ways of life. Uh, All of those books present a set of rules and regulations. We talked recently about many different world religions and the idea that you want to live good enough and follow the prescribed rules and regulations well enough so that when you die, uh, hopefully you're going to go to uh, that version of heaven or reach of ultimately nirvana, depending upon where you're come. The writers of the Bible... Claim that the Bible is God's very word. The Apostle Paul writes in 2 Timothy, we quote it often, that all Scripture is God's breed. That is to say, the words recorded in the original writing of Scripture originated from the mouth of God, even though it reached to the minds and the pens of human biblical authors. The Apostle Peter also writes that prophecy never had its origin in the human in the human will but prophets though human spoke from god as they were carried along by the human spirit second peter one twenty that is the writings of the scriptures were directed by the holy spirit the bible does not originate with man and is therefore a product of god and carries the authority of god that's what we say but also we can't let circular reasoning become the justification for believing the Bible in other words we can't say that one should believe the Bible simply because the Bible says it should be believed that's that's just a circle of thinking if those promises are found to be true then and the words and the history and all the facts that are in the Bible are found to be true through historical and scientific discovery archaeological discovery then the internal claims of the Bible's own trustworthiness become more compelling and that's what we want to talk about a little bit today Uh, so what are some of those internal claims of the word of god first the bible is unique among all religious texts the bible for instance teaches that mankind is inherently sinful and deserving of eternal death so if man was responsible for the content of the bible that view of humanity would not be so dark because we like to make ourselves look good amen we wouldn't write that we're deserving of eternal death and separation from god the the bible also teaches that humans can do nothing of themselves to remedy that natural state that also flies in the face of man's thinking that, that he can be the captain of his own destiny and the master of his fate the unity of the biblical message is a further reason why we can believe the Bible other religious books were written in a particular language to a particular people the Quran of Islam was written completely in Arabic Hinduism's vegas were uh, composed entirely in Sanskrit the book of Mormon is written entirely in English but you have three different languages in the Bible the Old Testament scriptures were written down as the prophets of God received directly from God his word with little to no reliance on any oral history any oral tradition the new testament scriptures were written by eyewitnesses to the events soon after the events took place within the first century and then you have even the manuscript evidence that's there there are at least 5,300 greek manuscripts 10,000 latin manuscripts and 9,000 miscellaneous copies of the new testament that exist today from back then And, and just to contrast that uh, looking at Aristotle's works, his poetics, there's only five manuscripts, five, for, that are over 1,000 years old. We, we have so much in front of us. The Bible is written over a period of 1,550 years. So uh, no one guy lived that long to write all of that, obviously. Forty human writers, most of whom did not know each other. And they were from varying backgrounds a king, fisherman, shepherds, tax collector. The Bible was written in a bunch of different environments a desert, a prison, a royal court, on three different continents. Three different languages, as I said, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek were used to write the Bible. And despite covering controversial subjects, the Bible, the Word of God, carries one harmonious message. So the circumstances surrounding the writing of the Bible would seem to guarantee its fallibility because it's written over such a long period of time by so many different people uh, with different viewpoints and everything else. And yet, from Genesis to Revelation, the Word of God is consistent in its message all the way through. So not to bore you to death because some of you say, man, I didn't come for a history lesson. (laughs) Let me tell you something. This is a history book, but it is also the book of life for us. So if you want to understand it, you know, history comes from ancient written records. All history that we have comes from ancient written records. And, and to determine that uh, what is fact or or, or fiction, you know, you, the following tests are used. First, they find the oldest documents they can closest to the events that happen to verify some of those events. The oldest documents take precedence over the newer documents. Uh, they check the number of documents available, and then they check the kind of mistakes that they find in those documents. and and then they look at that again time interval between the actual event and when things were written down Uh, for us our bible uh, up until 1947 or so with the discovery of the dead sea scrolls uh, the most recent text that we had uh, was about 900 a.d but with the discovery of the dead sea scrolls we, we went all the way back to 435 b.c So uh, more than a 1300 year difference and the writings that we have that were found in those scrolls, which are multitudinous There's so many of the scrolls that they found uh, Going back in all kinds of documents, but the ones we were focused on obviously was the biblical text Uh, but that took us back until even before jesus was born we have all of these writings that are prophetic for us about the birth of christ and everything but for all of us we the discovery of the dead sea scrolls uh, they found a number of old testament manuscripts Uh, we can hold up our bible i believe christians who already believe in this word of god we can hold it up without fear and say this is indeed the word of god carefully handed down from generation to generation and when i say carefully people oftentimes wonder well how could the how could the bible be written and be passed down you know from so many people and 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 not have a bunch of mistakes in it because you and i we could start a letter on this side of the room and before we left out of here today with the hundred and some people 200 and some people writing this, by the time it gets to the end it could be very very different amen uh, because somebody puts a comma here or, or pronounces a word there or does all these things different so the ancient Uh, Talmudists the ones the scribes that that took those ancient first scrolls and wrote them Listen to what they had to do uh, Just to make sure that they were doing it right. This is canonical law This is the system that the 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 synagogue scrolls had to be written in first It had to be written on the skin of an animal that was classified as clean Uh, The skin had to be prepared in a special way Every skin had to contain a certain number of columns equal Throughout the entire body of work the length of each column Had to extend at least over over at least forty eight, but no more than sixty lines. Each line had to have at least thirty letters. The ink must be black and prepared according to a certain recipe. No word or letter could be written down from memory. So they were copying. The scribes were copying every dot and tittle as they went through and transcribed the Bible over to the next writing of it, so that for a record would be done between every consonant listen to this between every consonant the space of a hair or thread must intervene now if you've ever seen brad cooper's handwritings you know there's no space and that i would qualify for a doctor's prescription pad all right so so between every consonant the space of a hair or thread must intervene between every book there must be three lines the copyist must sit in full jewish dress before beginning he must take a bath before writing the name of god he must use a new pen dipped in a new bottle of ink the absence of of the, of the new testament copies that we had are because of if you think about what was going on we have a lot of of the old testament copies because it was preserved so well and written through there but then we have all of the all of the roman empire and all the empires that tried to crush uh the history of our of our writings and whatnot the fact that there were any of these that were found when you consider all of the uh empires really that took over and held the jewish people hostage for so long from the philistines to the assyrians the babylonians the persians the turks the germans the spanish and the russians all of those uh conquered the jewish people uh, over different times and sought to destroy the writings of the word of god i believe it's god himself who divinely intervened of course and preserved for us his word but when you pick up the Bible and you begin to read it, it's the accuracy of what's in here. You know, I, I get all excited about it. I'm passionate about it. And I want to try to convince somebody about the Word of God because of what it has. my experience with the Word of God. When, when I get up here and say all scriptures, God-breathed and it's useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training the man in righteousness so that the man of God be thoroughly equipped for every good work, man, that's what I feel. When, when, when I say that the Word of God is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword, penetrating to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow, judging the thoughts attitudes of the heart that's a passion that i feel when i read the scripture and it says that all of us should study the word of god to stand approved not to be ashamed of that god that's what the word of god tells me but that doesn't mean much to someone who looks at the bible and says well it's just another book out there i can go pick up oprah's latest take on things and i can live a good life right i i can do the book of mormon and live a good life we're talking about the difference between what we believe to be the word of god and why we can believe it the bible can't be confused with a scientific textbook uh, but it doesn't mean that the bible does not speak to issues that are scientific in nature or in, in agronomy when you look at the agricultural principles when you look at the hygiene principles in leviticus when, the, when you read that all of that science has proven over time now to be true the water cycle described in century in, in, the, in the scriptures was centuries before verified but since verified of exactly how the water cycle works it used to be standard medical practice to bleed patients and the bible was proved right saying that that's not a good thing that life is found in our blood Uh, there there are things that you read through the bible's truth containing uh, about world history for instance Uh, skeptics used to criticize the bible for its mention of the hittite people Uh, the lack of any archaeological evidence to support the existence of a hittite culture was often cited as a, a rebuttal against scripture but in 1876 archaeologists discovered evidence of the hittite nation and by the early 20th century the vastness of the hittite nation and its influence on the ancient world was common knowledge so just because we didn't learn it yet doesn't mean it wasn't true as we go through the history of the bible in archaeology prior to 1925 a lot of archaeologists and science people whatnot historians treated the patriarchal work of genesis as a creation of the israelite scribes it wasn't truth. Archaeological finds since 1925 have changed every bit of that. There's scarcely a single biblical historian who has not been impressed by this rapid accumulation of data supporting, supporting the substantial historicity of the patriarchal tradition of the Bible. Israel, according to the book of Genesis, originated in the area of Mesopotamia. Archaeological Finds and evidence now support that origin. Genesis tells us that the whole earth was at one time of one language, and uh, in, in Esau in Genesis thirty six twenty says they encountered this people called the Hittites. We, we have verification of that. We have verification of the tower, not the tower of Babel, but the fact that people all spoke spoke one language. Um, we in the in the uh, excavation of Jericho, the city of Jericho, um, the chief archaeologist found something so startling that he had a document prepared and signed by two of his fellow workers to the effect that the walls of that city fell outward flat and not inward and that was an unusual phenomenon but in in uh, Joshua 6:20 it says the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets and it came to pass when the people heard the shout of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into that city every man straight before him and they took the city there's there are I, again I I like all this stuff, and I know you're sitting there saying, where in the Sam Hill is he going with all this? If If you have someone ask you, why should I believe the Bible, you need to be able to tell them why. Not just, oh, you believe by faith. I agree with that. But the facts bear out the veracity of this book. Talk about prophecies if you want to in the Word of God. The Bible contains many prophecies. Some of them were very short term. Uh, Abraham and Sarah had a son. Peter denied Jesus three times. Paul was a witness for Jesus in Rome. Other prophecies in the Scripture were not fulfilled until hundreds of years later. Even the, prof- the prophecies about Jesus, over 300 prophecies, were fulfilled by the birth and life of Jesus Christ that were written. Hundreds and thousands of years earlier in the Bible. In Daniel alone, in the book of Daniel, we have the rise and fall of many empires successively that are described. In the year 609 BC, 2,600 years ago, Daniel interpreted a dream that King Nebuchadnezzar had and spelled out what was going to happen in our world over the next 3,000 years. 3,000 years, up until today it proclaimed the rise and fall of the babylonian empire and they were taken over and succeeded by the medo persian people empires the dynasties that prophecy and that dream predicted the fall of those people with the rise of the greek empire under alexander the great history bears that out as he conquered the known world at that time and it finally demonstrated the coming of the roman empire and each of these was described through the dream about a statue and what the statue was made of and consisted of, if you study Daniel, it's fascinating to go through and read that and see that in a dream 2,600 years ago, God revealed to that man what was going to happen in this world for the next 3,000 years. You have the fall of the Roman Empire and the, and the last part of that says there's a mixture of clay and iron down at the bottom of the feet of that and that describes our world today. We are a mixture of, of imperialism, we're, we're a mixture of, of the, the principles of democracy, All of that predicted in one chapter before the game was even played. I I wish he would tell me about the Chiefs game today so I would know I wouldn't have to watch it. you know. If I could read it in there and see that, it's just not in there, right? But in Daniel 2, we saw the game before it was even played out. And now we have history to look back on and say, you know what, all of that was true. All of that was written in God's word. Those prophecies about Jesus' birthplace, he was prophesied that he would be born in Bethlehem, in Micah. 5.2 Bethlehem would be the home he was born in Bethlehem that he would be rejected despised and bear our sorrows and our transgressions Isaiah 53 for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground he will have no form or comeliness and when we shall see him there is no beauty that that we should desire him he's despised and rejected of men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and we hid it as if it our faces from him he was despised and we esteemed him not surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows yet we did esteem him stricken smitten of god and afflicted this is in isaiah hundreds upon hundreds of years before jesus christ was born and walked this world was crucified dead buried and resurrected and yet it was prophesied in those ancient texts. it was prophesied that he would be resurrected and in matthew we have the resurrection story that the sun would go down and there would be darkness from noon until three back in the book of amos which i know you all read regularly and it shall come to pass in that day saith the lord god that i will cause the sun to go down at noon and i will darken the earth in the clear day now the sixth hour there was darkness over the land until the ninth hour matthew says from noon until three that jesus would be born of a virgin and isaiah it says therefore the lord himself shall give you a sign behold a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name emmanuel that his bones would not be broken in psalms it says he keepeth all his bones not one of them is broken that his side would be pierced in Zechariah I will pour out upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and self supp- of supplications that they shall look upon me whom they have pierced and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son and shall be in bitterness for him as one is in bitterness for his firstborn and in John it says following that up but one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side and forthwith came out their blood and water that he would be that he would be thirsty we're told in psalms again they also gave me gall for my meat and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink and my strength is dried up like a pot's herd and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws and thou hast brought me into the dust of death and in john we have that after this jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished that the scripture might be fulfilled he said i thirst and now there was set upon a vessel full of vinegar and they filled up a sponge with vinegar and put it on his and put it up to his mouth even that the soldiers would gamble for his garments was prophesied in psalms they part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. And then we find after the fact, in writing, in the book of John, then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to every soldier a part and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam, woven from the top throughout. And they said, hey, let's don't tear this up. Let's cast lots for it. Who shall it be? And, and there are so many other prophecies and phenomenon that are found to be truth in the word of God when you look at some of the documentation authenticating the Bible, you just briefly note there's one thing about it that's not provable, other than the witness of millions of people who have experienced it. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ that permeates this word from the beginning to the end. When it's put to the test... And I want you to, I would love for you to go home at halftime today when you're you're, you're snacking. Uh, Just Google why you should believe the Bible. And then, of course, you will find many of the world's people that will be laughing at you. You will find uh, many, when you just Google that, you'll get the feedback from every non-believing person that would look at you and call you a zealot that would say you're a fantasist that you are, are, are falling under the opiate of the masses as I quote and yet for those who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior we know that life is changed at that moment not just because we read it in God's word but because we have experienced it through the power of the Holy Spirit working inside of all of us. The truth of the Bible is found in its fact, in its science, in its history, in its prophecy, and that truth extends to the spiritual as well. That means when the Bible says that the Hittite nation existed, then we could believe that there were Hittites, and but also when the Bible teaches that all men have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and that the wages of sin is death then we need to believe that too and when the Bible tells us that God demonstrated his own son for us in this that while we were yet still sinners Christ died for us and that whoever believes in Jesus should not perish but have eternal life then we can and we should believe that as well when you have someone come up to you and say to you why should i believe the word of god i i i I want you to be able to share with them and say listen here's some facts about this book here's here's what scientists are saying here's what historians are saying here's what archaeologists are saying Here's the prophetic history of this book From the beginning all the way up into today I want you to be able to say all of that I really do But more than that I want you to say Why this book matters To you Why personally It has made a difference in your life I I find that there's a couple of different groups Of people that read the Bible uh, And including those in the church For a lot of us we we pick up the Bible and you know we believe that it's true. Uh, we've heard we've heard it since we were saved, or maybe we grew up in the church, and we believe that the Bible is the Word of God. But you know, every day, and we say to ourselves, oh, I, "I need to sit down and I need to sit down and have my Bible time." Uh, but it's also like uh, every every day for me, uh, I rise up in the morning and I know that I have to take my Lasix. It's kind of a bitter pill. You know, I know the result of that. And so for a lot of people, they pick up the word of God and, and they read it. And say, oh, Lord have mercy. I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to be nice. Or I'm supposed to honor my mother and my father. Or uh, I'm supposed to look at that guy that just cut me off in the traffic. And I'm supposed to say, oh, God bless his heart. <laughs> right. so, so for a lot of people, they, they pick it up and, and they read it. And it's like, oh, okay. I guess I'm going to do my my daily 30 minutes on the treadmill (laughs) and i'm gonna i'm gonna look at the word of god i i pray that that's not the way that you feel i pray that that's not the way you feel probably the most invigorating part of my day uh is is when i take just a few minutes uh, and i try to read listen you really don't have any excuses anymore if you've got a phone and you can have audible on your phone and if you drive any time at all you can be listening to the word of god if you if you have a few minutes to sit down and you just have to decide you're going to take the time but it, you know what but if you read it as a chore if you're reading this as a chore it's, you're never going to enjoy it you're never going to be beneficial of all that god has for you but if you're reading this and looking at what god almighty has done for you in your life if you understand where do i fit into the history of mankind why am i here now oh, something important was marked in there and i don't know what it was but if you if listen listen now wait don't get lost on me if you pick this up and you're looking for what almighty god through the power of his holy spirit would say to you and that's the part that the facts don't reveal right that's the part that you 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 know and, and again i want you to be able to be able to tell people why the why you can believe in the bible and why the bible exists and what it is but that's not the beauty of it all that's not the glory of it all you know when I when I am able to read and share a story out of this word or when I just talk to somebody about the idea of salvation or when somebody comes to me and says that their marriage in trouble or when they come to me and say that they've got it they're battling this issue or that you know what my, my, my answers are really all in here and, and, and i love being able to to open this up and say look uh here's a fact here's what the word of god says but i'm i'm blessed because over the last 35 years specifically but all of my life even as a as a teenager in ministry god has has shown me example after example of of the witness of of people of god who have who have come and said you know they lost a loved one they lost a spouse and, and and they and they're no different. Nobody that nobody in the faith that loses a spouse is any different really than anybody else that loses a spouse. Amen. When you when you when you lose your partner, when you lose your mate, when you lose that person that's walked beside you for all of those years, your life is shattered, your life is totally different, everything has changed. So what sustains us? What sustains us? Number one is it is our faith and our belief in what happens once we pass from this earth and the bible is chock full of that spiritual information is that a fact that i can show somebody as i said the other day i i've not yet been able to talk to anybody who's gone over to the other side i haven't been able to interview someone that's gone to heaven and, and come back and tell us what but on faith and by faith alone i look at the word of god and it tells me that he who has the son has eternal life so I'm, and, you know, so I, I, standing on the promises of God, my Savior, Amen. That's the, that's, that's different than saying, hey, you can believe this. You can believe this because the water cycle has been proved by the scientists that was described in the Word of God. <laughs> okay. You can believe this because the walls fell flat in Jericho. Well, that's important, and it's, and it verifies the stories of the Bible. So I'm not making light of that. But I want to be able to say to them, hey, I want you to be able to believe this because one day on my knees, God saved me from eternal separation from Him because I chose to believe in the Son of God who loved me and gave His life for me. And that's what the Word of God says. Amen. So, I want, I want, you know, if I'd stuck to my script, <laughs> I would have just talked to you about the facts, Jack. I would, I would have just gone through and shared those things and there's a lot of them there's so much more than what i tried to pour out to you very quickly but if i do that and i don't and i don't share my heart with you we miss the boat when i say when it says when scripture says again that the word of god is living and active the only way that you will experience is that is to accept by faith the gift of salvation and then the holy spirit of god reveals to you what that living and active is all about then the holy spirit of god makes it come alive to the point where you you can open up and you know you can just grab any verse out of the out of the bible here oh here's the story of jesus raising lazarus then jesus deeply moved came to the tomb it was a cave and a stone lay in front of it and jesus said take away the stone and martha comes up to him and says hey lord i don't know if you understand this but lazarus has been in there for three days he stinks he's been dead and we know that the time has passed you know for three days they thought maybe if they just fainted they'd wake back up so they didn't go in there and get him out but but now they're gonna After three days he's 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 gone lord the bible is very specific see about those time frames jewish custom said for three days he might he might revive right but after that he's dead and and so when we say the Lord tarried that means he done messed around over here and didn't show up on time and and then he comes and he's there and and the sister Martha looks at him and said Lord first off she's a little ticked off it doesn't say it in scripture but I take that inference where were you? but the Bible says that Jesus comes and he says Lazarus come forth When when I read that i think about my own life i think about even at the tender age of 13 being out there and lost in the world and doing all those things but then one day in in my depravity and my lostness and whatnot a, a guy speaking at a youth encampment sits there and shares with me you know what you need jesus christ you you want to know that heaven is real and you want to be sure that you're going there and you know that's a simplistic message that people today say well it's just a, a decision that i made at 13 you're darn tooting it was (laughs) I believe firmly at that moment that if I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior, that when I pass from this earth, whenever that day would come, that I'm going to be in heaven above. And I still believe that today. And there's nothing that I read in this Word of God that has ever changed my opinion. It's just authenticated it and convinced me over and over again of the truth of it. And also that the gospel of Jesus Christ, which again, it's 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 not a verifiable fact. You can read this whole thing, go all the way through it. And it says that God created man, that our sins separated us from him, and that sin can't overcome, overcome, you know, uh by man's goodness, that a price has to be paid so that everyone can have eternal life. That's the basic gospel. Do I have proof of that? I haven't been to heaven. So there's still a faith component beyond all of the facts of the Bible so I want you to be able to do both I want you to be able to share about the word of God and its, its truthfulness and its believability that, but then I want you to share the word of God so that somebody that you have the opportunity to visit with can read this for themselves or hear your story and come into the saving grace that has hopefully changed all of us who are in this room listen I, don't know, I, I, I told myself I just don't have the words to say it's funny how inadequate you can feel after 35 years of standing in front of people and yet when I pick up the word of God I'm overwhelmed I'm overcome I see God's grace and his hope and his peace and his joy and his love for everybody all wrapped up in this text and I know that when we choose to believe our lives are changed. And I pray and hope that your life has been changed. Would you pray with me, Lord. We just, we thank you for the day. Father God, the facts are all here for us, the facts are all spelled out. But yet, not everyone will choose to believe those facts. I pray, Lord, this morning that while we might be able to convey the truthfulness of what we have learned over time about your written word, about its origins, and about uh, the observations of history to look at the the truths that have been revealed to be true, I I pray that we would understand that. But how much more I pray, Lord, uh, that all of us who have called upon your name would desire in our heart to read your word to study your word to apply your word to our lives and to share your word thank you lord for this day for each and everyone that is here lord i pray your grace on each of them and i ask this in jesus name amen